Were you able to see Elton John when he was in? No. Yeah, he was in like oh, it. Man. It was just way too expensive. Oh, man. Because I, I saw him here. Like, he was in Phoenix for two days. Nice. So he was here on Friday and on Saturday. I saw him on Friday. We had nosebleeds because that was 120 bucks. Oh, yeah. I think like the, uh, the cheapest ticket I saw here was like 800 800 Yeah, no, it was wild. Wow. At PBA? Is yep, that PBA? At Pinnacle. Gosh, dude. Dude, it was a really good show. It was like really sad because like the end of the show, he starts talking about how he's retiring and how he wants to spend time with his kids and stuff like that. And then like yeah. he had this whole video of like him walking off into the yellow brick road. It's like, oh my gosh, it was so sad. Yeah. Which I mean I'm not too proud of it that I cried. I'm not. Nice. I mean, that's fair. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now how does this much money move every single day and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one. And have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. And welcome back to yet another presentation of Drunkenomics. This is the drinking podcast with an economics problem. So glad you all can join us. Um, by the power vested in the VIX, I am once again for every time this year, except for the time I won some bets with you, James. Um, I'm the yeah. less gracious host, and my name is Aaron Wong, and I'm joined alongside my wine drinking buddy. Absolutely, and that makes me yeah. the more gracious host, James Goldwater. That's weird to say. It's still, Again, I mean, still. I mean, even after all this time, you you think that you gotten used mm-hmm. to it, but no, uh, it's still for some but reason weird not. for you. Yeah, yeah. But before we tag our social media, which I really want to do in a little bit, I want to make a just just a little bit with you because um, I want to be okay. I want to regain the title. And I will do what um, I can to help you as long as it's a real bet. OK, yeah, but, but I'm giving you some leeway here. So I think the QQQ ETF, which is the Invesco Innovation, whatever you want to call it, ETF, it, it's just I, I feel like it's just really just like the mm-hmm. NASDAQ ETF. It's just like a lot of mega caps. But the Q's. The triple Q's. I think right now it's at twenty. I think right now it's at two eighty five forty four is what it closed at today. I think it's going to be yeah. below two seventy. Yeah, so I think it's going to be below two seventy a week from today, which is Monday, November fourteenth. So on Monday, November twenty oh, first, it. it's going to close below two seventy. Okay. Okay. I, I think you're right, but I'll take. Okay. The, I'll take. I'll give. I'll take the opposite side just so that there's a bet in place. Yeah, and I might be overshooting it. I mean, I don't. I. I don't know technically where it stands right now. I haven't looked since Thursday, I think, of last week or Friday of last week. But I forget where my where my lower target was. But whatever, two seventy is what I'm sticking with. I get to be more gracious next week if that's the case. Okay. Done. Cool. Awesome. I'll th- yeah, I'll take it. That's- well, then, without further ado, let's uh, let's tag our social media. Um, if you guys want to hear some stupid bets like this, if you guys want to make some bets with us, I mean, I'm all down with it. Like, I I love making these stupid little wagers. Yeah, we're but yeah. You know where sure to find us. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, so surprise, they're still here. Twitter, Metaverse, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram at Drunkenomical. D R U N K E N O M I C A L. Uh, you will know yep. that you are at the right one, because, yeah. especially on um, Twitter, because we don't have a blue check mark. We don't have a gray check mark mm-hmm. unless we do. But I know we don't have a blue one. Um, <laughs> I don't know that we have either. But all I know is that we have a little TM logo next to it, which is trademark logo. But yes, you can find us there. It's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. 
we have a TikTok uh, that we haven't posted anything on, and then we also have LinkedIn. So feel free to message us there. Yep, track um, us down on the LinkedIn. That's always a fun place to yeah. get to know people, get to see people. Yeah, feel free uh, to add and us then from all of those. You should find the invite to our Discord where you can jump in, hang out with the other econoholics and drinkonomists. Send oh, questions yeah. our way, talk to each other, just have fun. Yeah, you know, it's a great conversation. Uh, and we also have channels like Not Financial Advice. Speaking of which, anything we say in this little presentation, whatever you want to call it, we are drinking. So none of this is financial advice. Also, Absolutely thoughts not. do not reflect. Yeah. So, th and also, what, these are the our opinions, not necessarily. Say, these are our opinions, not necessarily. Um, the, the, not necessarily don't reflect the uh, opinions of any employers. Yes. May or may not. Yeah. They, so it's, this yeah, is definitely do us. Not, Yes. Don't, don't assume that we're don't assume that, information yeah, from. don't assume that what i'm saying is the thoughts and viewpoints of the people that i work for um but you know with that said I, you know f you know feel free to join the conversation we love talking with you guys we love interacting with you guys Absolutely. if you have questions for us we love answering them or at least attempted to answer them such as the question we got in our gmail so someone reached out to us uh, through our uh, email account, the Drunkonomical email account. Which I think um, about just drunkonomics at gmail.com. Or drunkonomical, my dear. So, yeah, might be the same dear, yeah. yeah, this is a pretty interesting question. I, I wish, I'm so sorry, I'm so bad at checking the Drunkonomics email, but um, yeah, it was from a super fan of ours. So one, thank you so much for all those drinks with us all these years. Uh, we really appreciate it. I've enjoyed every single one. Absolutely. Um, but next Amy hasn't always, but, but <laughs> yeah, but I know. Right? Of me loves it. Yeah, I know. Well, a little tip for everybody: uh, take a little Advil before you go to bed, or some sort of ibuprofen before you get, go to bed after a long night of drinking. And I'm telling you, it helps a lot. It's like another a one for me: tactical waters. Um, oh yeah, try to have at least a water an hour yeah. um, while you're drinking. It mm -hmm. really helps the next day. That is really um, tactical. And, That's a really uh, good point. Yeah. But uh, back to the question, it was, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for all the kind words. Glormar, if I feel bad if you didn't want me to say your name on, on the thing, but this is your first name. Um, but yeah, thanks for all the kind words. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I love the question about... Enjoying sunny Southern California, I think. is, is where... Yeah, it's kind of like Arizona. It's really nice out here right now, but um, I really... Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was snowing here today. <laughs> sorry, um... sorry, I don't know what to tell you, but I love the question. It was about, uh, you know, people in Europe have to pay 50%, almost, you know, depending on where you live, up to 50% in uh, income taxes. The question was, are they better off or worse off? Because a lot of the things that they, it, such as like childcare, education, healthcare, all that kind of stuff, a lot of that is provided by the government. So I think she was just asking, are they better off because those services are provided by the government or are we better off here in the States where we don't pay as much in income tax, but we have to pay for those services. And because we have to pay for the services, that amount could um be equal to less than some in some cases more than in some cases than fifty percent of um you know our entire income if sure. you include taxes and all that kind of stuff. So that, really yeah, good question. No, I, really, I, I really enjoyed the question because it, it was a big one, and um it's it is that's kind of a you really do get a personal. It, it all depends on what you personally think you want to do. Um, yeah, I think it's the it's the big one there. Um, to me, looking at it. Yeah, it's, grand it's scheme, a really multi. So, yeah, it's it's, it's multifaceted mm -hmm. to it. So yeah. it, this isn't necessarily a one size fits all. But what I will say is, the United States spends more on healthcare than any other country. Yeah, per cap, like just more, uh, more. Period. Yes, so, than everybody. So yeah. it's not it's not just per capita. It's more. And um, well, it's also per capita, yeah. and it's also more. So well, yes, but uh, it, it's one of those <laughs> things where you're like, is there necessarily is, are people necessarily seeing that benefit? And the answer is, you know, if you've got, you know. A, I look at the cost of certain things, so the cost of EpiPens, the cost of um, insulin if you're diabetic, 
you know, those costs are very expensive. And uh, yeah, if you were in um, another, if you were in an European nation and it was free Mm -hmm. or or essentially, yeah, it would be better for you. Um, Essentially, if you're going to use the system in question, it's better to be in a system where those costs are already being paid for out of your taxes, right? So if you, like... Yeah. If well, you, I mean, just like if, if you're if young, you're, if you're European, if you're if you're a European college student, it's good to have free college, yeah. tertiary education. If you're a European parent, it's nice to have childcare when you go back to work. If you're a European parent, it's nice to have a year of paid leave when you first have a child, right? So these yeah. are all things benefits that they have that are paid for out of government schemes that don't exist in the U.S. Now, if you're in the right. U.S. and you are uh, a, a, well, but it's you, know, but, you didn't but, go to college. Yeah, you're not. You don't have kids. You're not taking. You're not. You wouldn't be taking advantage of these benefits. Yeah, of course you're technically yeah. doing better here than you would be there. But at the same time, yeah. Well, it, I think it, the U.S. Really, system's a little mean. Well, and it's also like, do you want to decide? You know, which because I'm sure, like, even if it's provided by the government, like at the end of the day, it's state controlled. It's all nonprofit, state controlled. You know, so it's up to you whether you like that or not, right? If you like that, then maybe you are better off over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you like to choose, you know, if you like to you know look at you know all these daycare systems like which one do you want which one you know based on price based on um you know how they interact with kids based on what kind of books they read to kids when they're i, I don't know right I, i've never worked in daycare but like stuff like that right you want to be able to, like if you want to be able to look at that kind of stuff and kind of make a tailored decision towards you you know that might be better off for you but it also depends like is that going to push you over that 50 percent income tax level yeah uh, basically maybe, what it boils down to is, is, is that's the exact answer is if more than 50 percent of your in if you spend more than 50% of your income on, you know, if you lose 50% of your income at a marginal rate, right? So if you're right, paying mar- marginally, yeah, marginally more yeah. here in the US than you would be in Europe, then yeah, no, obviously that, that yeah. it's a better deal to be there. Yeah, but if I think, it's, but I think you're, you're exactly right. It's like, you know, are you using the system or are you not, right? Because I think, you know, if you're a very yeah. healthy person, like, you know, someone like me, for instance, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm extremely healthy because I'm not, I'm a binge drinker. But what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I haven't been to, you know, I haven't like, you know, had an injury or illness and like a serious injury or illness in a long time where I needed to go to the ER or anything like that. Right. So like, would it be worth it for me to pay that 40% in taxes? I'm not saying that I would have to if I was living in Europe, but if I did, it wouldn't make any sense because I'm not taking advantage of those services. But in that case, I have no choice but to pay it. Right. Like if I was living in Europe, I had no, I would have no choice. Because if I don't pay it, it's tax evasion. Whereas, yeah, no, it's it's know. very much it's very much a to me it's it's that you know who has it better. I I would argue that technically in the U.S., healthcare is if you were to be treated at hospitals for major things, it becomes free if you if you make less than the mean in your area. Like if you make less than that salary, if you like less than that average yeah. income, if you and it's because hospitals are non are technically nonprofits in the, in the U.S. Most of them. And so they they have to donate services if you yeah. can, if you legitimately can't afford it. Now they're not going to advertise that. They're not going to tell course. you that they have a financial aid office that they're that they're going to deal with this on your behalf, or that they'll that if you bring it up, they have to they have to work with you. Um, they don't want you to know that. Yeah, because it, um, because that's really labor intensive, and they don't want to have to go through all that kind of stuff. Well, they also just they also you, just you know, want but, you to pay. I mean, that's that's the and, easiest and, way is they just want you to pay. Of course, but. If you ask a, you know, if you ask a hospital administrator, that's the reason is, that, you know, they don't want to deal with the, with the logistics out of, you know, but yeah, but it's also like the, the second part of that question, you know, when we say it's multifaceted is, you know, there's one, like, does it push you over that 50% threshold? Like, because if you are paying for those services that the European government is providing for Europeans, if you are paying for those, the first part of the question is, is, is that pushing you over 
you know, like I guess your take home income, like your discretionary income, is that is that push exactly you know, is your discretionary income more or less than a European of the same equivalent, you know, socioeconomic status or whatever it is. And I guess the second part of that question is, well, is the quality of these things better or worse in Europe, right? And that's really not for any of us to decide. I mean, like I, I can't decide for James whether or not you know his daycare for his imaginary children that he doesn't have i can't decide whether or not that's you know it's it's the best for james you know or i can't decide if it's better that the government takes care of that for james or if it's better for him to choose which of the services in the local areas is best for his kid i you know i can't decide that yeah no it's a it's very much a in the end it's that they they provide a much more secure social safety net and that you have to pay for it with yeah. higher marginal tax rates the next yes, thing is, yeah. is does does that make a happier better society and i think you know the that's a that's a I won't I won't say it's better or worse. I will say it's different and that if you believe it is better than it is. And if you yeah. believe it is not as good from your perspective, you may be right. Yeah. You know, it's so that's that's where that's where we are on that one. So that's yeah, that's, so that's that question kind I of really yeah, and I I hope you I, I appreciate that you appreciated my response. You know, and hopefully, you know, you get you kinda of got to hear from both of us. But, you know, for other listeners out there too, for other drinkonomists and econohogs out there, like hopefully you learn something about this. I, I don't, you know, it, it really is just like a, I don't know, is it better or is it not better? And of course, politicians are going to say it's better for everybody. It's a one size fits all issue, which I don't necessarily think it is. Which it's not, you know, it's, yeah. it's never, um, exactly. you know, one size does not fit at yeah. all. So, but, but yeah, yeah, seriously, love hearing from you guys. I mean, that's the. You know, I love I love hearing these kinds of things, and also Tim. I still I, okay. You know, I still haven't responded to Tim's thing. Also, I am seeing his little message in the Discord about Amazon cutting ten thousand jobs, and they've already reduced their headcount by eighty thousand. Wow, has anyone else been noticing this? Yeah, uh, well, they're all they all are. It's not just Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's also we saw Facebook. We've seen Twitter. I think Google has or Alphabet has slowed hiring oh, yeah. or frozen hiring. Well, they've also laid um, off some people too. Obviously, the big one is mm-hmm. Meta, Twitter. Um, I think Snap Snapchat was massive too. A lot yeah. of retailers, I think, are also cutting back. But I'm not. Yeah, well, retails. One, it's, we're we're about to see. So we're going into the we're going into the holiday season, and we're going to see whether or not. If the retailers are there, I mean, I think the retailers are in right. in a lot of economic trouble, and so I don't know that I, I don't know that between people not having money and um, and they're not necessarily being as much stuff being ordered, we're going to see. I don't mm-hmm. think retailers can buoy a market that's yeah. okay. I actually right just now. googled it while you're saying that, and w- first of all, I absolutely agree with you. I don't know if retail can buoy the entire market, but I am seeing that people are. I, I am seeing that the labor market is still strong in retail, just because a lot of people are quitting. Um, for what I don't know. Granted, this is also an issue, like an uh, like an article that I'm seeing from back in September. So I don't know, but all I know is that this week is a big week for the two big things. This week is retail. A lot of retail numbers come out midweek this week, which which would be November sixteenth, right? So a lot of retail numbers come out then. Yeah. On top of that. The other big thing this week is the other side of inflation, which is the PPI, so the producer price index that comes out tomorrow yeah, which in the AM. Yeah, which will be pretty interesting. I mean, we saw CPI yeah. last week come out um, seven seven down from eight point yeah. two last year and down under the eight percent they were expecting. Yeah. Obviously, the markets went nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What the Dow went up a thousand points or something like that. Yeah. So like, if you look at the retail, mm-hmm. if you look at the inflation numbers, it looks like great news. And it 
Well, I mean, you know, it kind of is, but if you think about it, like month over month, it's still up about four tenths of a percent and things have not like inflation went down, but things are still more expensive, like a 7.7%. Well, inflation inflation didn't go down. Inflation is increasing at a slower rate. That's what I mean. Okay. Sorry. So the increase. (laughs) Okay. Okay. My bad. I bought my increase has slowed. The, the speed of inflation hey, has... You know how I talk it, when I drink some Glenmo, okay? So I'm sorry. I just drink I do. Some, I, I do. Drink and that's why I'm I'm just trying to make sure that... No, well, I'm glad you corrected I me. I say because, it correctly. Yeah, because I didn't want to confuse anybody out there. But yes, the inflation acceleration, if you must, has slowed. Yep. They're expecting a hotter inflation acceleration or a hotter inflation print. It was a, yeah, 8. it was a little 0%. cooler than they expected. It was a lot cooler, yeah. But if you really think about it, it's still like I said, it's still four tenths of percent month over month. Things are still way more expensive than it was last year, and I don't know if it's going to get any better. The problem I have with this is one: you see headlines like you know the one that our our righteous bloke Tim mentioned in the Discord, Amazon mm-hmm. cutting ten thousand jobs. You see headlines like that, and then you see inflation at seven point seven percent or CPI at seven point seven percent. I should say. Um, you see those headlines and then you're like, okay, well, do you think the Fed, like, should the Fed or should they not start pivoting or at least language of a pivot, should that be existence or not? And no. I'm, <laughs> I agree. That's, that's I, I easy. That's an easy one for me. Yeah, I, I 100%, I 100% agree with you. But like, I mean, this morning, Lael uh, Brainerd, uh, who is the new vice chair of the Federal Reserve, she was very, you know, adamant about, hey, like, maybe we should start talking about, pivot. maybe we should start slowing rates down. Maybe the next hike should not be quote unquote jumbo. You know, the thing is, it could be a fluke. It could be, I, I think that it's premature to start talking about, yeah. to talk about. Well, like, it, let's, put it, let's put it this way. It took them six months of inflation running hot for them to admit that it wasn't transitory and that they needed to do jumbo rate hikes to try and deal with it. Suddenly they get slightly better news. They get slightly better news one time and they go, well, maybe it's time to ease off. Absolutely not. Right. No, but, they need to, if they're right, they were too, too slow last time, they're being too willing to right. ease down. But also, I don't think, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's politics, right? I, it, well, in many yeah. cases, in many cases it is right where it's, I don't want the, you know, I don't want there to be a recession under my watch, right? I want to do everything I can to navigate a soft landing. So you have to flirt with the idea of, okay, well, you know, we might just raise it by 50 basis points to the next meeting, which I think I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm in the same camp. I'm just trying to like, no, you know, I know. I, I, I think, I think, I think <laughs> yeah. they are, I, I, you know, I think they have to, ex- they have to consider it. They have to explore that as an option. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying okay. they shouldn't be talking about it like this. No, I, I'm yeah. also saying that they're that they're probably well. I mean, like I said, I, I I don't think it would be the right thing. But then again, well, I mean, I, like one of the things I've been saying a lot around my workplace is mixed signals is for Tinder, not for the Federal Reserve. But apparently, right <laughs> apparently right now, it's also for the Federal Reserve. Uh, but it's weird because, like, if you look at the labor market, sorry, that was really bad. I know, but I, I like it. Okay, well, if you liked it, that makes me feel a lot better for myself. But if, like the labor market, even though big tech and you know all these big companies are are cutting down jobs and slowing hiring and whatever it is, you see that happening. But like the most recent job support is still looking super strong. So I think you know what we need to start seeing weekly jobless claims. I said that really weird. Weekly jobless yeah. claims. They, those need to go up. And then on top of that, the next jolts report that needs to just scream pain and if that 
does scream pain, then okay, fine. 50 basis points, we can start, we can start talking about it. Yeah, no, I'd but, give you, uh, I, I'd agree with you, you know, there. I would need to, uh, in that you, what you want to see in order to, um, in order to, to support the, oh, let's, let's slow down our rate hikes. Yeah, that you'd want to see it not just from once. You'd want to see it from, you'd want to see reason to do that from all the data you're looking at, yes. not just one set. Yeah, because if you just look at CPI, um, it's like, okay, well, yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about 50 basis points. Let's talk about slowing down and going away from the jump of rate hikes. But, you know, their job is not just inflation, but it's employment, right? Or, yeah, they, know, they, have to look sure. at, they have to look at other data yeah. to determine, like, okay, this is great. This is great backward looking data, but what is other data telling us about the future? What are we projecting? Exactly. For data. Yeah, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's not just inflation. The Fed's job is to, you know, make sure they optimize inflation and employment, or I don't know what the language is. Is it employment or unemployment? Whatever it is. They are, they are, um, they are to manage inflation and unemployment. Okay, fine. Unemployment, the negative. But yeah, like they had to look at that too. Like they have to keep a really close eye on the job market. And that's why I've been saying, you know, the last couple of weeks is like the job market is still insanely strong. That's why I'm in the same camp as you is because job market is strong. Why, why even flirt with the idea of slowing it, slowing down? Yeah, the job market is still... Is still very strong. Why are you trying to speed it up? Yeah, like, why you need to? And, and granted, like raising it by fifty basis points is still slowing it down. But like you know, mm-hmm. the job market is still insanely strong. Like it's still ridiculously strong. And that's usually so, a very good ind- indicator of future-looking inflation. So why are you? Yes, you got good news about last month. Why? Are, but but the thing is, that's over. Let's worry about the months we're still facing, yeah. not the ones we've already faced. Yeah, so it's so weird. Like, it's, it's like, you know, the, the stock market, you know how, like, remember when the stock market reached, like, when the Dow was at, like, 35K or whatever it was? It was like, there's, like, yeah. you know, we we're both looking at each other, like, there's room for carnage, because this makes no sense. This is just, oh, not, yeah. a, this is just not a rational market. Correct. And then we're looking at the labor market, too. We never actually commented on this, but it's like, in the labor market, too, there's room for carnage, because this, this, this is just not sustainable like that that kind of labor market is not sustainable no you know and 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 we're still in the same camp right which you know which if you want to like argue about wage inflation and how like you know like the bigger companies can buy jobs better than small businesses you know we can have that discussion but i don't really want to have that right now no it's Um, it's when we've already i think we've already had that one yeah Um, we had that one i think going into and coming out of the covid lockdowns so yeah yeah, it's we can have it again but yeah but it's just yeah it's it's a rough situation so i think really just furthering your point over and over again which i don't really like doing but yeah um no, let's let's keep with the jumbo rate hikes. You know, I don't like what it does to interest expense more than the next guy, but I, I think it's it's just kind of like a necessary evil. It is so. right now because that's what that's what other data, that's what other factors are showing me, or at least that's how I'm interpreting everything I'm seeing. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, but, um, we'll also but see the like, other, the other, what happens to the, we'll see what happens yeah. to PPI tomorrow, right? Like it's you know, if that comes in a lot colder than expected too, that's also really, really good news. But you know, I don't know. I think going into the winter months, I, I don't necessarily see inflation improving. I hope it does. Believe me, I really hope it does. But yeah, I'd just, like it. I'd like for it to be under control. I just yeah. don't think it is. That's, yeah. I guess the way to put yeah, it. I'm mean, just, you know, I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but I'm trying to be realist, uh, which oftentimes is synonymous with pessimist. But yeah, like I understand, like I just don't see the winter months being kind to energy prices and food prices. That's all I'm going to say. And those two baskets of goods, I think is not going to be kind to CPI or inflation data in general. But no. with that said, that's, I don't know. I mean, that, Should we talk about- last week, there was some pretty big news, right? We got CPI, 
Um, what was it Thursday or Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Man, okay, Thursday. so it was Wednesday. I, dude, I, I don't remember. Last week was last week was kind of rough because I kind of made a pretty big life decision last week. So, uh. yeah, I think it was. I think it was Thursday. We got that, and now tomorrow we yeah. get Tuesday the fifteenth. We get the PPI numbers, but then mm-hmm. on Friday, um, obviously we had FTX declaring uh, yeah. bankruptcy. Sam Bankman Fried, uh, what a stepping down as the CEO. What do you call um, the opposite of a legend? We, you know, uh, oh boy, yeah. No, there's, there's, you're still a legend. It's just like a um, martyr, or like I mean, but like you no, know, I don't uh, want maybe, to be too medieval. But let's see, what is it? There's, there's your either legendary or infamous, right? So oh, I guess he's, okay, there he's a little he's more infam- infamous now. Yeah. Um, the infamous SBF. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I don't know that much about the story. All I know is that people were customers of, I mean, c- customers, clients, whatever you want to call them. You know, if you want to be specific, call them, call them clients, but clients of FTX, they deposited the money into FTX, which is supposed to be like a brokerage account, right? It's supposed to be like a, yeah. So like it was a an exchange. Robin it was, it was, yeah. uh, it was an exchange. It was trying to be a um, Robin hood of cryptocurrency, essentially. A, of just, um, of just cryptocurrency, right? So it's kind of like a, a Coinbase competitor. Exactly. Right. Um, yes. And okay. they, uh, Apparently, a lot of that money was being, or a lot of the assets put in there were being misappropriated by Alameda Research, which is a trading firm, not a research firm. And who and who owns um, Alameda Research again? I totally forget well, that this. That is also I swear. Sam Beckman-Fried. So oh, he's also the owner there. So and the that's why that company is so, so yeah. familiar. Got it. Okay. Yep. So it looks <laughs> like he, um, but it looks like the guys over at Alameda were borrowing money from FTX to do what they were doing. Um, and FTX was yeah. allowing them was was taking essentially the assets held by in customer accounts to allow Alameda to do that. Well, and let me ask you this: What in kind order of for Alameda to to borrow it, they levered against tokens, so FTTs, which is uh-huh. a cryptocurrency that Alameda made to you know give in place, and then those started to be sold off, and people started to get nervous, which collapsed the value of. Alameda collapsed the liquidity and the um, yeah. capitalization of FTX. Yeah, no, it was it was, well, it was absolute carnage. Yeah, well, I mean, so I all I remember on Friday was a lot of people that invested in FTX at the early stages um, that saw their money grow to you know by eight thousand percent and then all the way back down to zero. A lot of those people, you know, like the Kevin O'Leary's of this world, the I forget the other guy. There's another guy on CNBC that I saw. I forget his name, but he went on CNBC to talk about it. And um, they were basically just like, we need, we need more regulation. Like, I can assure you, I'm not making this, this mistake again, because there just wasn't enough regulation around this. And I think part of it was crypto, I get it, is still a pretty new, like, it's, pretty, it's a pretty new phenomenon. And it was popular back in 2016. It became repopularized during the COVID pandemic. But the SEC has just been super slow to grasp an understanding on it. Yeah, and to make decisions on how to regulate. And yeah, it's, it's because a, they don't. Well, they, they, the SEC they didn't want to recognize. It. I feel like they just didn't want to recognize it as an actual asset or commodity. They just didn't. I, I feel like that's what it was. But I, I would. Lo- I mean, well, go, I think it's. I, I think legitimately, the SEC is waiting. Um, the the SEC needs guidance on how it is supposed to treat these things. Is it because yeah. they, they're not going to say, "Oh, it's currency," because it's not. It's not backed by yeah. anything. It's no, not. It's not um, yeah. So it's, it's not, not a sto- currency. So it's, it's not it, sort of so they can't treat it like currency. Right. Yeah, clearly not. 
Um, uh, then there's okay. Is it an asset? Is it so? Ha- you know, is it a security? Is it an as? Is it an actual physical asset? Well, no. So there, there. It doesn't necessarily fall under any of the categories that they'd be able to say we're going to regulate it this way because this is what we consider it yeah. in terms of what it is. Well, the weird thing um, is, like, and so they're waiting. They're waiting for Congress to define yeah, it. Yeah, we'll go look at that because that's going to take f- well, forever. Well, I, I agree. It's going to take uh, forever. And even then, it'll probably be wrong. Yeah, and then um, and then guess what? It's going to take forever again for them to fix it. Um, but uh, I, I feel like Congress wanted to be like equity, but it's like, it's not a stock. It's, not, it's Yeah, it's not because it's, well, because unlike a currency, it's not backed by a central bank and unlike a, unlike a security, it's not backed by a company. There's no cash flows. Yeah, there's no cash flows. Yeah. Sam Bagman-Free may have been a little on the nose when he described it as a Ponzi scheme. He actually described crypto as a, as a Ponzi yeah, scheme? Yeah, he said crypto has a lot more in common. He, he did. And at, at one point, um, wow. compare it to a Ponzi scheme. What's weird, because like, I remember um, last year or whenever it was, like I said, I made a joke on Jokonomics saying, if you think crypto is worth this much money, if it's fairly priced at this much money, then wh- th- let me ask you a question. What's the cash flow? And then I, got some, I got some backlash on that. What's the cash flow of, of Bitcoin? And I get it. Like it's it's a currency, quote unquote, a currency, which it isn't, but it's a, it's a currency, right? Yeah, which currencies no, don't have cash flow. Yeah, but currencies no. don't have. Yeah, like you know, if you trade forex at all, like you you know, you don't really look at like you know the fundamentals of the yeah. you know, Japanese uh, you're, yen. You're, well, you're probably looking at other things. Um, yeah, you're. Yeah, I mean, you're probably hopefully looking at a macro stuff, level. But, yeah, but I mean, it's a really interesting story because like people. Apparently, they were depositing money into their FTX accounts, right? Which think of it as like mm-hmm. a Robinhood account or E Trade account. If you really want to think of it as like a checking account that you can buy and hold cryptocurrency in. Um, and normally speaking, when you deposit money into a checking account and you don't touch it, you expect to be able to withdraw whatever dollar amount is in that checking account right away. Well, in this case, for FTX, apparently they were using that money to lend to Alameda Research. They yeah. would take deposits from clients and then just kind of cross their fingers and just hope that they keep it in yeah, there. And hope, for and a hope long, that there wasn't a major, and hope there weren't major withdrawals, right? Because it's yeah. not, and that's not inherently different from what you see. Essentially, you need to keep enough money on hand to um, deal with yeah. withdrawals. Uh, well, exactly. And, yeah, most banks are like that, anyways. Like, yeah, you know. and exchanges the same way. The issue here, yeah. or brokerages are the same way. The issue here is that they, he, he wasn't, or they, rather than just him, decided that they were, they, they had some very suspicious accounting practices. Um, they <laughs> set things up through back doors so that it wouldn't trip any red flags with auditors or with even, um, with, with major, you know, no one would notice the regulators, raw auditor, their, their auditor, the regulator wouldn't notice what they were doing or how they were doing it. So essentially this is the big point is they're saying that as of Friday, $10 billion had left FCX and had gone to Alameda. Most of that money wow. is now, they don't know where that money now is. It's not disappeared. It can't be tracked. Wow. That, um, about between one and $2 billion of client money is unaccounted for. At this point, they do not know where it really? is. Really, it's no longer an FTX. They cannot. They cannot say where it is. It's not just an accounting error um, at that point. It's like it's like no, you. This you is know. this is where we, we run into a um, a five letter word that starts with F. Um, uh, you rounded to the wrong decimal by nine digits. Yeah, ten digits. This isn't an accident. Is that the five letter word that starts with F? Or am I way yeah, off on that it's one? It's definitely no. You are you are correct. It's it's where you stop going. 
It's where, oh, this accident isn't actually an accident. It was deliberate and it misrepresents, de- demonstrably misrepresents yes. what we're doing with. No, what yeah. We're dealing I, with here. I, I, I think, um, I mean, it's got the fingerprints of that five letter word written all over it. It does. I mean, it's just, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me, and apparently I'm not the only one it reminds, uh, that reminds, that this reminded of um, strong Enron vibes. Oh, from, um, I was going to say Bernie Madoff or if you would like or Stratton oh, Oakmont, yeah. Stratton Oakmont, but like at a much bigger level. Right. Because like Stratton Oakmont yeah, this was is defi- this is definitely this is way bigger. Has, Stratton, it, yeah. it smacks of Madoff. It smacks of um, Jordan Belfort. It, it smacks yeah. of, of that. It, it, it absolutely yeah. does. Um, let's see. What else are we dealing well, with? I mean, well, um, so as of, yeah, as so of Friday, he, so when FTX declared bank, well, but he's still, yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a Bahamian company, FTX. Yeah. And so one of the things FTX did is they declared. Um, they filed for bankruptcy protections and they discontinued allowing any trading or withdrawals from the uh, from the exchange mm-hmm. on Friday. This week, well, they had been facing a lot of withdrawals because people were pulling their money out. Um, well, you, yeah, if you're, you're the first guy doing the smart the, thing, yeah, if you're the first guy to pull your money out of the Ponzi scheme, you probably get paid. Um, <laughs> you probably get pennies on the dollar back. Yeah. If you're the last person to try to withdraw from a Ponzi scheme, you're probably not going to get much. Well, it, it, exactly. Um, it's kind of like, I forget what that, uh, what, what the name of that actual, I, I, I was studying this in the CFA, uh, which talking about, you know, earlier in this episode, I said, I made a big life decision. I, I signed up for the CFA. My life is st- over. Yeah. He started filing. He started CFA. I work. signed up for it. Don't, I mean, I, I, I'm not feeling too optimistic about it, but granted, I just signed up for it. We'll see what happens. But it was, I forget what the name of, see, this is how bad I am at studying. It's like some sort of like, like a, some sort of mentality, psychological thing where like you're reluctant to sell a stock that has decreased in value, but you're like really quick to take profits, right? Which a lot of people are like that. Like they buy stock. Yeah. It's, well, it's the idea is that you, is that you don't want to sell, you don't want to sell your underperformer because you're like, oh, it'll come back. It'll bounce back because yeah. the moment you sell that you're, you lose, you have actually yes. lost. And then it, you made a bad, and then you have to sit there and go, why did I make a bad choice? Why did I hold this long? Whereas the other yeah. one, you could say, "Look at this win! Look at this win!" But I forget I the name of that condition. Um, it's, it's 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 some sort of condition. But I and I feel bad that I forgot about it, it uh, and I know. Oh, the disposition that, uh, effect. That's the disposition. That's effect. what it is. Oh my god! Yeah, the disposition effect. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yes. So that's yeah. that's the the condition. I, okay. Well, now I'm not going to forget it. Okay. So the disposition effect. Yeah. Well, the other thing um, is the, the other yeah, thing is the, the Ponzi condition. scheme is by it's the a, time you know, like by the time you know that you need to pull your money out now, it's too late. And yeah, so until usually, then, yeah. you're you're sitting on this winner, and you're and you see these statements that show you growing, and you're like, man, why would I pull my money out until mm-hmm. it's it's hollow, it's it's fake, it's fraud. That's the five letter F word. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, there it is. Now at FTX, the other issues they've got is, uh, or some of the other issues they're dealing with is that they, uh, you know, they were worth thirty two billion at some point earlier this year, right? So like they they had they had valuations that said they were doing very well. Mm-hmm. They had investment from Sequoia Capital. Yeah, so like um, that's the CNBC guy I was talking about was he was the founder of Sequoia Capital. But he, like I mean, you know, that, that was saying like we need more regulation. And of course Kevin O'Leary. But yeah. Here's the big um, one. Um uh, at this point, Sequoia Capital has written down its two hundred and thirteen million dollar investment to zero. Um, really? and a pension fund out of Canada, one of the, I think it was like the Ontario teachers pension yeah. fund has also written their investment down to zero. So, so eventually these big guys are saying, we do not expect to get our money back, um, or our investment money back in it. Um, yeah. the only people who can legitimately hope to get 
that what's theirs back is their um the that, is the customers people yeah, the that were actually that deposited using, money in, yeah i was gonna say like the people that deposited money yeah, in those the, accounts the actual, to try and trick crypto accounts. Was, yeah and and the only reason they do is because if you based on my understanding of, of the limited reading i've had is that the policies of ftx were that at no point did ftx take control of your assets you're not an investor like an investment bank you would be you are a depositor or a customer like a commercial bank and so they have to keep your funds separate they need they're supposed to have your funds segregated away from their own so um, are you saying like so if, if sam breakman freed were to get convicted because i feel like he had enough like he had enough agreements like whenever you op- i mean whenever you open up any brokerage account or bank account or whatever it is sure all these disclosures agreements they have to agree to all kind of stuff nobody reads them yeah, but you can't right? but you can't waive the law you can't waive criminal or civil law exactly like, so i could write a contract i could write a contract with someone that says that i'm more than happy to sell a person to them but yeah, it's illegal yeah. and not binding. Yeah, exactly. Just like just like if you ate dinner and then you got the bill and you signed the credit card and then on the on the thing said, you know, like I can access this credit card whenever I want. Yeah, like, it's crazy. You sign it away not, to the waiter. That isn't That's binding. totally legal, right? Right. So like you can make an agreement with them that isn't binding. Yeah. Now it might you might have problems if like you go to yeah. arbitration. But this is not well, going but, to go to arbitration. This is going to go to court. Yeah, but the only difference with this is like there's not as much regulation around crypto. So like they're saying, okay, if you deposit money in this and it's backed by FTT or whatever it is, but you can borrow against like, can you let us borrow your money with the exchange of you know this FTT coin placeholder? Like if they ex- if they sign that agreement, like I don't know if that's legal or not, but I don't know if the SEC or Congress knows that that's legal or not, just because it's there's not any regulation on that yet. It's such a new concept to them. Well, ex- at the same time, if, but, you're not wrong. Yeah, but but I was gonna say like, but if there's commingling involved, which I think is, is that where you're headed? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. What I was yeah. going to say is it's it's when you start to see... So the problem that he's facing isn't necessarily that this firm failed. Um, it'll be that did FTX US, which is the US-based company, and did Alameda Research, were they violating accounting? Like, were they were, were their practice, right. were their accounting practices illegal? Thus, were they committing a fraud on all their investors, which is yeah, a crime? Like Elizabeth Holmes. Were they commingling yeah. funds? Uh, yes. Exactly. Were they commingling funds, um, which in, in violation of... Which, which is a big SEC uh, violation, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's SEC, a big no-no, uh, yeah. Were the, uh, let's put it this way, the SEC and the um, CFTC, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, mm-hmm. are both probing the relationship between FTX and then the American counterpart, FTX US, and yeah. Alameda Research, right? So if, oh. if you're going to do business in the US, you have to do business a certain way. You cannot... There was a there was a big deal when C- yeah. so Siemens Westinghouse right so oh, yeah, a joint yeah. US US German firm the German part of the firm was paying bribes in Africa which is legal in Germany it's not illegal in Germany right? to pay bribes in, yeah. in the way they were doing it in they Africa. were not committing a crime yeah. in Germany but in the US it's illegal it's, to do yeah. that so suddenly this whole, this company is facing very serious issues over. What's illegal in the U.S. Yeah. not occurring in the U.S. but is still happening, right? Yeah. So it's it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like the whole Russian oil thing, right? Where like, okay, Russia can't sell mm-hmm. oil to Europe or to the U.S., but they can sell it to India, and India can sell it to Europe and the U.S., right? So it's it's kind of like that. But they can't. Right? But, they, they, but they can't sell. But they can't sell Russian oil to the U.S. Yeah, or Europe. But, okay, well, right? but, they, so, but they can sell it to India. India can refine it, and now it's Indian oil, right? So Or now it's Indian uh, something. Yeah, yeah. See, see, that's... And they could so, argue, so, well, so, this isn't... So that's what I mean, right? Like, so it's, it's kind of yeah. like, like that. Um, 
you know, I, I'm I'm trying to draw all the way back to FTX somehow, some way. But like, well, the FTX issue is like Bahamas. so so FTX so FTX Bahamas might not be committing a crime that's illegal in the Bahamas, but if it's committing a crime, it's but if FTX US, which is it's US trading, is committing a crime in the US, is if they're committing a crime that's or they're committing something that an act that is illegal in the US, and FTX US is their counterparty that does business inside the US. There are issues because it goes, okay, yeah. so it, it becomes FTX was committing a criminal act, an act that would be criminal in the U.S., and you were benefiting from that and using that money yeah. to then pursue what you would otherwise consider legal business in the U.S. So the answer is no, you, because, of the, because of the illegal act by that part of your company, this part of the company is now also yeah. committing an illegal act, right? So it's, it's, not, it's not that you can... You don't yeah. just get to say, oh, that's the German division, so that's fine because it's not illegal in Germany. The U.S. Yeah. would go, well, it's still illegal here. And your company, the com- a company that you, because your share price and this and this and this, yeah, it your trades books here, yeah. are one united book. Mm-hmm. It's a crime in the U.S. Yeah, you, so- yeah you, don't get, you don't just get to go, oh, yeah, well, that's our division there. It's legal. Well, well it's what? not legal here. So yeah. your division, every, your all divisions, it's as if you are committing the act. Yeah, here. well, and think about it this way, too. Like, so FTX, they... Um, they're publicly traded in the U.S. And mm-hmm. one of the big things, I, you know, I think it was pretty funny because I saw a lot of memes about it. But um, FTX, their stadium or arena or whatever, the basketball arena. Did you see that? There was like an arena named the FTX Arena. That's where the Miami Heat play. Yeah. So, it, but they lost their naming rights. And they so, have broken. They so have. it's pretty funny with, with that. And the fact, you know, this, obviously their, their U.S. traded stair, share price has plummeted. Right. So there's a lot of implications here on what's going to happen. To be honest with you, if Sam Breakman Free gets away with this, I don't, I don't wish that he does. Because I think, I think a lot of people have been hurt and he's made a ton of money off of this. He's, he's got a net worth of $900 million still. You know, granted, it was fifteen billion at one point, but you know, I'm not going to feel bad for a guy worth nine hundred million dollars. So my thing is, you know, he's got his golden parachute. Well, I'm his, worried that he gets away with it because he, because at the end of the day, he's hurt a lot of people. Well, the next thing is then they'll see him in civil court. Yeah, but I don't know how far that's going to go. To be honest with you, doesn't but, matter if they yeah. if they drain him of his wealth and he ends up with nothing. Then I would say you probably served you haven't done served justice but he hasn't profited from his illegal act yeah, but or the, his bad act but the tough thing about civil court is like you know if you lose the case now you just spent a ton of money and now you got to pay for it all right well that's so, fair. yeah so i you know i don't know like but i i think you make a good point with the you know the whole accounting standards right because think about like what happened with elizabeth holmes like mm-hmm. you know like if she Actually, just I feel like if she actually just focused on like the company, the, like the the technology of the company, like maybe she had something there. I don't know, but I think she was too focused on raising money and trying to get investors, and that's how it became fraud. Well, the you other know, thing was her, te- but, her tech wasn't there, and so yeah, so well, no, she was. Yeah, I, I, the, the, I'm saying like you're not wrong. There's a question of when when did the fraud begin? And right, it's, but, okay, but, it didn't start as a fraud. Yeah, but the thing but about it became fraud. Yeah, but the thing about Theranos was like they were developing the tech, which like the tech absolutely was not there in the time that it no. needed to be. There. Yeah, like, but could it have been there? I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. But it maybe, and if it was, if it was true, like if this was actually a thing where you can you know actually do like a full-on blood test with just a drop of blood that i mean that's mad like i'm, I'm sure that's very useful technology at some point it right? is um yeah. yeah no the so the issue and and that's the thing is the question is so like bernie madoff probably let's put it this way his investment firm was a fraud i want her yeah that yeah and i feel like sam Bergen, like his closest comparison i feel like is bernie madoff if you had yeah. to because it's like the, the, the difference bur- is yeah. i'm willing to bet yeah. that sam Bergen feeds 
Street started legitimate, but it became a fraud. At a, at a certain point, he just tumbled into a Ponzi scheme and kept going. It's kind of like yeah. what I, I force. I think I think really to be fair, this is probably the first fraud. So we're. I think we're going. We're we're in an economic downturn. I think yeah. we're gonna. Times are gonna be harder. And I think this is probably just the first of many frauds that are about to be revealed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of right? like the old saying, yeah, like, you know, they always say like adversity kind of shows you who you really are. And I feel like it's kind of, you know, economic adversity shows people who they really are. And if you're a fraud, I feel like it comes out. So I think, you know, in the coming months, you're absolutely right. Like there could yeah. be a lot of, oh my God, this person was a fraud all along and all, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And well, and here's why, because like, I, I feel like I, sh- I should kind of explain why fraud generally gets exposed. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, you know, frauds, are born almost always in good economic times and then revealed in bad economic times. Yeah. It's, it's almost always just because for some reason they times are good and they're like, okay, look, we had a down quarter or so, so either something really, really good happened. And they're like, okay, if we don't kind of stick around there, we're going to like, my incentives are tied to the stock price. Yeah. If we don't stick around this kind of earnings, Equity. then my stock, you know, yeah, my incentives yeah. will go down. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Um, so that's one part of it too. It might just be that you have someone who's like, they've had a down quarter or a bad period and they're like, well, times are fine. It's a temporary problem. We'll fix it. We'll address it and we'll undo it later. Yeah. Right. But yeah, then we'll take future, cla- future class flows and that, that'll kind of make mm-hmm. them amend the gap or whatever it is. Yeah. Or future growth the, or whatever um, it is, yeah. Yeah, and so, so that's generally what you're running into. And then what happens is you get into the bad times and suddenly it's like, well, I can't, I, I cannot keep doing this. Like the cash isn't there. It's obvious that it's not real. I can't sit here and say, oh no, well, uh, we're still having these huge revenues because... Well, usually um, what it comes down to is like, it does it or does it not make sense, right? Like if you look at, allegedly this is, you know, I, I've never seen like any of... um you know, uh, what's his name? Bernie Madoff's balance sheet stuff and his investment portfolio strategy or whatever it is. I've never seen any of that. Mm-hmm. But from people that have seen it, from what I've heard, it's always been like, this risk profile makes no sense, right? Like the return you're getting from this risk profile makes no sense whatsoever. So a lot of people that I feel like that, that catch a fraud, it's like, you know, this makes no sense. Like the, the thing that you're promising, it's way too good to be true. You know, like you know, the old saying. Yeah, it's not. This isn't possible. Yeah, like or, you know, the old saying, like if it's too good to be true, it's not. Yeah. Like I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, if it seems good to do, if, if it seems too good to be true, you know? you're probably right. But that's what's yeah, happening. and that's yeah, uh, it's just not sustainable. It's just kind of like you know, I mean, looking at you know, you know, just something that I just want to blurt out there, like credit, you know, just in case you're kind of wondering where we are at in, in the economy, um, credit card debt all-time highs personal savings rates if you look at personal savings lows yes all-time lows i mean i don't know if it's all-time all-time but it's you know since since covid certainly plummeting since covid yeah i mean it's a it's a massive massive divergence between credit card spending or credit the credit card and you see it yeah you can see just like credit card you saw saving shoot as covid started you saw saving going up credit card going down and then we came out of it and they just looked, they looked yeah. at each other and started going different directions and yes. not in a good way. Yeah, exactly. And I will post this on the Instagram story on Thursday. So if you want to see it, the graph that I'm looking at, I will post it on Thursday and I might post it again on Friday um, just to make sure that you can see it. So I might post it on Thursday and Friday of this week on our Instagram story. It's not going to be a post. Sorry. I don't know. I just don't post mm-hmm. post that often, but uh, Thursday and Friday, the seventeenth and eighteenth, I'll probably post this this graph just so you can see what I'm looking at. But yeah, uh, it's just it's not sustainable. You yeah, know, something's like this, gonna give. Yeah, 
And that's just what's happening, I think, with Sandbank favorite. We made all kinds of analogies around it, but yeah, like yeah. That's, that's essentially what's going on. Well, speaking of unsustainable, do you know what is sustainable? What? Looking great in Drunkenomics merch. Oh, yeah. That, that sounds way better than this This divergence between credit card spending and uh, and personal savings. Absolutely. Well, like I was going to say, if you have to use a credit card and not save, then you might as well look like a drinkonomist or drinkonomic while you do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to wear my workwear often because I only wear it like once a week. I need to wear it more often. I wore my sweatshirt last week and I feel like it. Um, it people like were like, oh, that's... that's I feel like if you fine. wear Drunkenomics merch, you're going to be the best looking person wherever you go, however you look at it you're just gonna be the best looking person I there agree. and um where would they get this said drunkenomics merch that is very sustainable well they would have to check it out at um drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com that's what it is you can uh i mean there's a lot of just like black hoodies darker black hoodies i have a white hoodie ironically but you know they have dark and darker <laughs> black hoodies uh yeah no we have hoodies we have uh we have golf polos we have coffee mugs we got really almost everything you could possibly need except for uh, I guess we don't have bar equipment yet so we're gonna we are working on that I promise we had to find a place that's yeah, we've good quality that. and good price because it can't just be one yeah we worked um, on that for over a year but uh, it's also like you know we have other things to do. We have bigger fish to fry because uh, we have full-time jobs too outside of this. Speaking of which, yeah. if you do want to leave a tip in the tip jar for whatever reason, feel free to hit us up at patreon.com slash drunkenomics. That's patreon.com slash d-r-u-n-k-e-n-o-m-i-c-s. Help us keep you the... Can, uh, I mean, not that it's necessarily all that hard to do given <laughs> the weather in Nebraska right now, but you can help keep the ice frozen. The liquor kind of stocked. Uh, liquor kind of stocked. The fruit. lemons peeling. And, yeah. and the fruit and the bar cart stock. Yeah. yeah. So any seriously, any help in any of those categories, we would very appreciate it. Additionally, like I said, you know, feel free to give us a follow on all of our social media platforms: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and last but not least, um, really enjoyed drinking with all of you guys. My encouragement to you throughout the week is, of course, to uh, continue to play Chestnut Checkers, uh, Fill and Kill. Uh, don't brag, just say, and uh, what else is there? And stay drunkenomical. That's what it is. Cheers, my friend. Cheers.